All right, now, for all you boppers out there in the big city, all you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Riffs. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney. And I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. There are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the lady. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is still Luke. And I am, believe it or not, still Salt. And I'm Cam, still. I, I thought, Cam, you'd be like, and I'm Bubbly Cam. <laughs> Sparkling. It's been, it's been a little while. It has been a while. I think we we're, it's about time we appeased the gods and got back to doing some stuff. People said to us, when is there going to be a new episode? And you just have to sort of say to them, Look, if there's a new conspiracy, we'll do one. But the problem is nothing's a conspiracy anymore. Conspiracies went away. We're back We're back to talk about conspiracies and how they inform our lives. What we are talking about this week, brand boycotts. And I thought, Robbo, that we might start with one close to your heart, woke brewers. Yeah, it's interesting. Beer is a battleground for woke and not woke because there was a whole boycott and a whole issue about a beer in Australia as well. We're not talking about that, but... That you guys see that one? What was the Australian beer? Black Flag Brewing. Well, there's been heaps actually, but Black Flag Brewing released a beer called Barely Legal, eighteen point one percent alcohol, and it was for a festival, Gabs Festival. And then the, they put a little video, and the tap badge was the Pornhub logo, and people are like, "That's no, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> That's fucked." Is that also and then, quite alcoholic? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But then the defenders of it were like, obviously, you know, PC gone mad, oh, woke's ruining everything. You know, it could mean anything. It could mean illegal drinking age. And it's like, well, it doesn't, though, because they've got the Pornhub logo. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got into a couple of, like, arguments online with people going in that line, and they're saying, yeah, it could could mean anything. I point out it uses the Pornhub logo, and they say, well, that's just your filthy mind looking too much into it. Yeah, so they had your number. Yeah. <laughs> they really got me there. It's, it's, yeah, and that that was qu- quite an issue just because, I don't know. Anyway, that, that happens quite a lot in the beer industry. And I used to do all the copywriting for that festival and 
checking the beers and making sure that everything was categorized correctly. And a big part of my job was going in and removing the sexism and racism from everything. <laughs> and I remember thinking, one, thinking if I ever leave, things are going to get really bad really quickly. And multiple beers got pulled up this year for being sexist. So, right. yeah. I guess that's anyway. the opposite problem. What, what Absolutely I was, opposite. I was thinking, I'd heard there was this brewery in New Zealand where that was being boycotted because the staff were quite aloof. Have you heard of this one? <laughs> Not sure I'm familiar with that one. And I also heard that they took down the king's portrait. Is that? Have you heard of this? Oh. We did take down the king's portrait, but we posted about the king on on our Instagram. We posted that picture on our Instagram the other day on the king's birthday. Yeah, I said happy first birthday to the king. <laughs> he doesn't look a day over eight months, <laughs> <laughs> which people seem to enjoy. So, oh, good. Uh, no, no, the the king's portrait of him in the brewery is no longer in the brewery. Because I'm not a big fan of the royals. Fair enough. And who, who wants a portrait of a, like, I don't know. It's not a good picture of anyone just hanging in the brewery. No one wants that. What we're actually talking about is Budweiser. And now, Robbo, we do need to call on your special knowledge here because I don't know about our listeners, but I personally have no clue where Bud Light, prior to all of this, fit within like the you know, the cultural context. Because to me, it seems like maybe not the hardest drink of all time being light. Please well, explain. Light beer in, a, in America isn't the same as what we consider light beer here. So Bud Light, I think, is 4.2%. So a light beer in Australia would be like two and a half, I guess, is what you consider light. In, a, in America, it's Bud Regular is five, Bud Light is 4.2. So it's just kind of light, lighter in flavor than something that's already really light in flavor right. and slightly lower alcohol. So there is a little bit of a cultural thing there. But no, so it's, yeah. But in the in the Pantheon, Bud Light is the, the probably one of the drinks of choice if not the to- the most, I, can't, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but it's certainly the, you know, if you're driving a, a jacked up truck going to the NASCAR, Bud Light is probably what you're going to be drinking. So to be the equivalent of a Foster's here? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. It's the equivalent um, of a VB. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a cocktail called a NASCAR Spritz where you take a, a big mouthful of a Bud Light, top it with Aperol, in, into the bottle and then put a little lemon in the thing. So it's like a, an Aperol spritz, but using Bud Light. <laughs> There's a, a Miller version as well. Does that make the Bud Light fancier? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. There's a, a version called the Miller. Oh, sorry, using Miller, which is the spaghetti. I don't know why it's called a spaghetti. Okay. But we, we did a version with our dark lager on tap called the Winter Spaghetti because it's a dark beer. No one bought it at all. <laughs> and then we changed the name to Stock Car Spritz. Fucking sold like wildflower. wildflower. <laughs> anyway, so Budweiser, yeah, very much the the drink of a redneck. Lots of lots of the people that were boycotting it definitely had it in their fridge. Yeah. So they they ran into a bit of trouble when they got trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney to do like an Instagram post. I was like really confused. Like, I actually had to go back and see what started it all because when I I looked this up today. There were like stories about it from Sky News Australia from today, still talking about this. Yeah. And then I had to double check when this had happened. 
it was on April 1st. So two months and seven days from the time of recording is when this began. And there are still stories on Sky News today. So I had to go back and check what had actually happened because I was like, oh, you know, they must have like announced their, you know, cis men are banned from drinking Bud Light campaign with Dylan Mulvaney coming out. And it was just like a competition that they were running. I think the competition was how many cans of Bud Light can you carry? And Dylan Mulvaney was just like, did a, like a 30 second Instagram post about it. And Mm. she had, I think they sent her a special can and it was like, it had a congrats at, you know, 365 days of being a girl. Cause this was her thing. She's like a TikTok star who over the past year has been documenting her transition. And so they'd just send her like the same way that you'd send, I can't think of any other influencer, but like you'd send A-Rod a can of beer that said, congratulations on hitting your 100th pitch. Congratulations to Husballer for being a, a little weird guy for so long. Yeah, exactly. It was just like that. And she was like, cheers. And I, I really, I, I do know why they lost their minds over it, but there's like, there's no legitimate reason why they lost their minds over it. Well, one of the, the things is, as far as I know, she wasn't the only person they sent similar cans to. So it was part of their March Madness promo. And March Madness is the basketball bracket for, for college basketball. So it's quite, it's quite a big deal. So I think they were doing a whole promo around that sending it to many influencers at the same time. So it wasn't it wasn't even just her. It was lots of people. So it's not like they went, we're now a fully trans company and we're only going to send beer to trans people. It was, we're going to send a beer to a whole bunch of people because it's advertising for us and one of them is trans. Yeah. They have correctly identified that there is a segment of the market that is probably underrepresented in Bud Light sales, which is pretty annoying theater kids (laughs) and if you can get them drinking bud light like that opens up a lot of space in the drinking community because where the theater kids go the goths go where the goths go the burnouts go and those burnouts are the ones that are sinking piss (laughs) it it is quite funny that the theater kid aspect was i started watching i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna think this is entertaining because theater kids generally Nah, they're all right. They're all right. Who am I kidding? I've I've enjoyed a lot of Glee. Let's not Uh, alienate our our core audience. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, theatre kids. You'll you'll be happy to know I've watched John Stamos singing Hot Patootie on Glee far more times than probably anyone else. Yeah, and Dylan Mulvaney, very entertaining. I I cracked a a chuckle at the joke and I thought it was a very entertaining video. I could see why. The the Joker, I thought March Madness was just about going a bit crazy in March. Yeah, yeah. Delivery yeah. was spot on. And I was like, oh, I can see why why she's famous for being doing these kinds of things because that was really entertaining in a, in a short period. Yeah. What's kind of interesting about this is Budweiser has been two sides of the coin, donating money to cooked right-wing pop Republicans right. and also being super gay positive for well over a decade. I think they've had like demise- demisexual drinking cups asexual beer, you know, promotions on their beers. They've been sponsoring Pride for like a decade now. Came out publicly in in support of gay marriage. 2016, they had a pro-gay marriage ad for Pride. So, like, this isn't new for them. They had rainbow bottles at one point. Right. Like, 
and this is what's kind of got people so confused is, well, not confused because what's happening and what's so annoying about it is, you know, suddenly now this is just such a flashpoint that the right wing are just going after trans people so, so hard that, yeah, any any company even looking like they're, they're going to support them is just going to be like yelled down and it's like, but we were past this. We, we were past this. Yeah. I saw a lot of comments that I saw really backed up my theory about what was happening, which is just any public facing <laughs> trans person is unacceptable. Yeah. The I did see one comment from Joe Rogan, which is that he's like, I think he was trying to walk that line. Is like, it's not that I don't like her. It's not that I don't like her because she's trans. I don't like her because she's an attention whore. And I thought, oh, that's, that's nice, I guess, that in just over a year, like, she has transitioned so fully into a woman that she's the subject of gross misogyny from Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan, famously someone that, that doesn't seek attention. Yeah. <laughs> so Dylan Mulvaney is still getting sent promos from brands and, and still supporting them or, and, you know, taking their money, I guess, and t- for sponsorship. And one recently was Maybelline. Yep. So the, the far right or the right-wing cookers tried to boycott Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know. I don't think that one was ever going to really impact Maybelline at all. So yeah, we did see all of these boycotts being announced, but we also saw like huge amounts of the beer being bought to like throw away. Yeah. yeah. Or as, as Kid Rock did, he he bought a whole bunch of it and then like shot it. And I, I did see quite I, a I few, think he, he missed it mostly. Yeah, quite a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> he mostly missed it. <laughs> Kid Rock, do a fucking do another sh- like do a retake. Go yeah. get some more beer. Just spend. It's very cheap. Do a retake. But uh, one thing that this definitely inspired was a lot of bad music, and this is how we're sort of viewing these boycotts through the prism of is through the prisms of MAGA rap and MAGA parody songs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who ever thought we'd fucking live in a time when MAGA rap was a genre? So. We're going to talk about Forgiato Blow a little bit in relation to another boycott. So I thought maybe I'd just tell you a little bit about my journey into the world of Parody Whitney, which is not the greatest, unless I'm missing like a pun. You're right. It's, I think it's just someone called Whitney who does parody songs. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with that kind of naming. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of calling something what they are. Yeah, so... I found Parody Whitney, She her biggest song so far has been about this controversy and it's called Oh No Bud Light and it's right. to the tune of Oh What A Night. And oh, yeah, that worked. What I found watching this video and watching some of her other parody songs is that the problem with doing parody songs about these sorts of issues is that you run out of things to say long before the original song ran out of things to say. <laughs> so when the Bee Gees are talking about what a night it is, yeah, there's so much stuff can happen in a night. Yeah, mm. but when your thing is like, oh, some people got annoyed about an Instagram influencer and lost their shit. Yeah, you can, it doesn't get you don't get through a whole night. So what, is, what you're saying, Cam, is that these people who have all this stuff against some like huge problems with these brands and they're boycotting them. Really, like, that, that it's pretty flimsy. Yeah. Well, there's just not enough there for a whole version of Oh, What a Night. Right. You need to do, like, a YouTube short, I think. But 
I was interested to see where Parody Whitney had come from. So I scrolled back through her content and like she started about a year ago. Well, actually her first song is a, a cover of Pumped Up Kicks. Right. That yep. she did like 11 years ago. And then her YouTube account has sat there for 10 years. And then one year ago, she burst back onto the scene with a, a bunch of parody songs about the show and just like that, the follow-up to Sex in the City. Okay. Now so one of, one of them was like, I think it was directed at Samantha from her bow, and it was Don't You Crawl Back to Me to the tune of Don't You Forget About Me by The Simple Minds. Mm. And so... Again, sort of running into that same problem where the relationship between Samantha and her boyfriend in the Sex and the City spinoff and just like that, maybe can't maintain for a whole song. But mm. the thing is, she, these songs do not do that well. They get like a couple thousand of views. She does like four or five of them. And then she hit upon a parody song about Amber Heard. Mm which goes off and then there's like 15 Amber Heard parody songs, <laughs> which you sort of see they're going, th- as the trial goes on, they're go- all going good. And while that whole weird algorithmic boom of Amber Heard content is going on, really take off. And then you sort of see the view counts going down and down. And then she tries to go back into like the same content she was doing before. So she has like parody songs about Game of Thrones Mm-hmm. She tries to do some sort of relatable content, I think, that might play on Facebook. So there's like a song about MLMs, multi-level marketing schemes. Yep. Uh, she has a song about the established titles scam, which is the You're thing where, you, <laughs> you know, the thing where you can like buy a lordship in Scotland. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. bought one of those for my birthday one year. Yeah. yeah well. Sorry, Salty. You've been scammed. I don't know. It's pretty fun. Fun present. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good gift. Also, she she 100% got <laughs> into this, right? She bought a whole bunch and then someone's like, you know, this isn't actually. She's like, what? Like, you know, you can't just join all of those together and take up a whole fucking parcel of land. So the song is to the tune of Santa Claus is coming to town. It's Scammer Claus is coming to town. And I think that it might have been in response to perhaps there was like a, a wave of like these things were being advertised on YouTube because she has a bunch of clips from different YouTubers where they're doing a little ad for it. I think it was like, you know, like the mattresses or the, you know, Raid Shadow Legends. It was one of those things that might have gotten pushed through YouTube for a bit. And I Yeah, th- I, I used to get a lot of those. And, yeah, there was certainly a period around Christmas time, I guess, when people were looking for gifts. Mm. So I think the point in Scammer Claws is coming to town is that, you might say that it's a bit of a novelty present, but in the advertising copy, they do say it's official. And, you know, there might be some doubts about how, just how official the title is. Mm. But again... Well, no, and, I'm and, pretty and, sure it, it does state that it's not a real lordship. Have you yeah. got yours Andy Salto? No, it's, it's in a box somewhere. It might have been a specific one that was doing this, but it, it, I guess my point is Santa Claus is Coming to Town is not a complicated song in itself, but again, complaints about established <laughs> titles can't quite maintain for a whole song. Anyway, these don't really go up. Like, these have tiny numbers compared to, like, the Amber Heard's things. And then she hits on Meghan Markle, and there's, like, so many Meghan Markle videos, which, again, 
do really good numbers until finally they they sort of start to drop off and then she gets Oh No Bud Light and now it's all anti-woke songs. So there's a very clear pattern of how she goes with this stuff and it's sort of leading her down. Yeah, we're, we're in the anti-woke stage at the moment. I, the Meghan Markle stuff, I, I was just flicking through some of her content. I, I don't think she, it's my understanding she doesn't really do anything. Like in the sense of <clears throat> she isn't doing anything that could rankle cookers or like, I don't know, white dudes that have a radio show. Yet they all just seem to be so like angry at her all the time. And I just, I don't get it. So lost on me. And is it is it just because it's like some weird misogyny and I don't know? Is she black? Yeah, racism as well. So like, yeah. is that it? Is that all it is? Like, there's nothing yeah. more to it. I've I've been pushed quite a bit of Meghan Markle content when I'm not when I go on Reddit and I'm not logged in. I'll often get things from the I think it's the Saint Megan subreddit, which is one of these hate reddits mm. like just dedicated to hating one person. And it just seems like anything she does is sort of annoying. South Park recently did a thing about them, which was about how they want privacy, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're pushing themselves into people's faces and yeah. point, pointing out the hypocrisy of that, which I think sort of ignores the fact that you can want privacy as a public figure. Like, unlike you, Robbo, I'm not a huge fan of the royal family. Uh, but I think you can want privacy in your private life while still doing public things. <laughs> that might be quite a bit of the social contract, actually. And, like, who gives a shit? Like, does, you know, if if they're doing an Oprah show, are you a big fan of Oprah? And you're like, oh, I can't believe I have to watch this now. They said they want to. Like, what, it doesn't impact any anyone. No. The only people it impacts are the people that are just super mad about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And that doesn't impact the things. people who are super mad about it either. No, really. it just impacts them because they're just getting so mad about it. It's, yeah, all right. God, struck a nerve there. So we also, there was also a song that came out about this, Fock, Fock Bud Light by Forgiato Blow. Oh, I think it's Forgiato Blow. Oh, Forgiato Blow. A soft G. Oh, you there? Yep, sorry. I, I accidentally opened the video and it was really oh. in my ears. <laughs> you, you just got distracted by his rhymes. Well, the the thing about Fock Bud Light by Forgiato Blow is that it opens with like a Tucker Carlson sound bite. Does it? I, I, th- I think you know that you're about to hear some really great hip hop when you've got Tucker Carlson speaking over the start of it. I, old heads know this, I think is the is the hip hop term, old heads. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. There's a few things that you. There's a well that you can dip into for hip hop. Warriors samples, samples from the movie The Warriors. Yeah, home run. Put that in there, you got it. Yeah, and then Tucker Carlson, the second, and again, home run. You put that in, you're like, oh, this is going to be some straight out of the block hip hop. You know what else I like? A little like prank phone call. Oh yeah, yeah. Or someone leaving a threatening voicemail. The best one is the phone call from jail is a real good one. Uh, you know, this this call's being connected from whatever, and then it's like, hey, you know, whatever. That's great. You know, they've been banged up. They've been doing crimes. Yeah. I feel like the decline of the voicemail has been a blow to the hip-hop community. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, it's, still, it's still... Well, no, it's, it's, it's not like you can get in the studio and be like, all right, we want to start this off with 
you have received a message from plus plus six one four seven nine nine one three. It's been converted into text. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still they still pop up from time to time. I can't. I'm just trying to think of the last newish rap album I listened from start to finish. I'm trying to think of the last voicemail that I received. It's been a while, Robo. Well, I got one today, and then they emailed and like, oh, I left you a message. I'm like, yeah, it's psycho shit. Don't do that. <laughs> <sighs> The last voicemail I received was like you've received a package from Amazon or you, you've you bought a $500 TV from Amazon. Do you want to refund this? It's like, I didn't answer the phone. Like, this doesn't even work when you talk to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why, are you, why are you leaving me a voicemail? And I can't call you back because you've called from a f- spoofed number. What are we doing here, guys? Uh, I have a lot of ideas about how we can make scam calls more efficient, but we can talk about that offline. <laughs> they need lists, mate. Yeah, yeah. All right. Back to Forgiato Blow. Yeah. Weird uh, looking dude. <laughs> weird, weird looking dude. And like, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to like shame people for how they look, but I mean, he's going out of his way, out of his way to look this way. He's mm. bringing it on himself to look like a weird baby with a beard and face tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Real name, Kurt Jantz. Yep. Which is pretty good hip hop name. Yeah, Jay is fine, but no, he's done away with it. I think because it's sort of it's complicated. He has got this issue as a hip hopper, where I think it's not controversial to say that in the world of hip hop or or rap or gangster rap, mm. that the affectations of wealth are often incorporated into the routine. Is that unfair to say? Yep, no, that's that's pretty pretty key to a lot of a lot of rap music. I think that. When you're putting forward affectations of wealth as a rapper, there's an understanding that it's the game that has gotten you to the point where you are. Be that mm. the game of hip hop, or perhaps as a gangster rapper, the games of the streets. Mm. Yeah. The, 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 this is a shared understanding that the artist has with the audience. <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> Forgiato Blow, aka Kurt Jantz, runs into trouble is that he has to walk this tightrope of having these affectations of wealth because he he models himself after a, a Donald Trump. Mm. He's a huge fan of Trump and all of his musical, musical success has flown, flowed from when he began doing Trump-themed rap. His problem is, though, is that like Trump, he's not a self-made <laughs> billionaire. He is a Nepo baby. Mass- oh, really? Yeah, he is the heir to the auto trader fortune. So this was like a, I'm not entirely sure what the auto trader people did. It's like a, they did used car ads. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So where you sell your car kind of through a, it's like we have, it's like books you can buy. Well, I don't know if you can anymore. Yeah. I always remember you used to be able to buy like a magazine in the newsagent that was just all people selling their cars, like unique yeah. cars and stuff like that. It was that. Like- We've made all this money off magazines. Now I need to start making MAGA scenes. I thought I'd, I thought I'd land ah, that before I MAGA scene money. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's if, you'd be- if you'd believed in yourself there, Robbo, you could have pulled that off. Yeah, it's a joke yeah. to me, bro. I, I believed in you. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Oh, well, um, here we are. Yeah, Auto Trader was like a car classified magazines. And then I think it has modernized into you know, autotrader.com or whatever. So it's like, because yeah, that's... That's still big money selling in Carolina. So it's like drive.com.au or whatever over here. So he 
has sort of been asked about this before and he's like, oh no, never got any money from my granddad, which I think is like maybe not quite the case. Apparently I've seen the number 5 million thrown around. I, I couldn't really find a source for him getting this money, but it's not like he grew up, you know, in a tra- he didn't grow up in a trailer park, which I think mm. is sort of the idea is you see him, I'm out here like Trump and you're like, oh, he's, he's come a long way. It's like, no, he's come about one foot from where he was. <laughs> yeah. And I think his first hit song was Silver Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> He's got another song called Auto Trader Forgy or 4G, depending on how we do the G in this one. I haven't listened to the song. So, yeah, he certainly wasn't hiding from it at one point. I just want to look at uh, the lyrics to Silver Spoon by Forgiato Blow. All right. Forgiato sings. Let me tell you why they're hating. They say I got a silver spoon. Yeah, my mama gave me that. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Bro, motherfuckers hate me. They say I got a silver spoon. One, two, three into the four. We're going to fuck shit up. It ain't nothing but that blue wave, baby. What? I heard Ricky got a boat, so I went and got a boat. I put the city on the float. Go to take a picture of the crib. Let me show you how I live. I never touch the field. Let me tell you why they hating. They say I got a silver spoon. Yeah, my mama gave me that. So yeah, not walking away from the accusation that he has a silver spoon. I will say that genius.com have got a lot of question marks on lines of lyrics. Yeah, I I did come across one that in this song actually they had question marks over. I think it was on Genius, but it, the the lyric was like Mar-a-Lago baby 2024 or something like that. But the way he says it's like Mar-a-Lago there. And they're like, oh, whoever, whoever's doing the lyrics for Genius is like, I I really don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is not important to me. I'm going to get back to doing other hip hop lyrics pretty soon. Yeah. He he has put out so much music going yeah, through he's Spotify. Prolific. Yeah, it's not as prolific as that other guy that I can't name it escapes me, but very prolific. I, re- I read, so where I first read about him being the heir to the auto trader fortune was in a Viper. Viper, who was I was thinking of. Viper, very prolific rapper. Not as prolific as Viper. I, I read a feature about him in Vice by Tess Owen, who does good stuff about conspiracy theories. And yeah, apparently he's just like always recording, which again mm. raises the question of how can you afford to be doing this? Because you're not making that much money off the music. <laughs> it's because he has all of this classified ad money. He was driving a car. I read that article and as well. And there's a bit where he's driving a car that's got like Richie Rich on it. It's like a Rolls Royce or something that's painted bright and mm. pictures of Richie Rich. And he drove past some kids or a, uh, drove past a man outside Hooters. They were going to Hooters. And the man yelled out, who the hell drives that? Captain Crunch? <laughs> <laughs> and then they, the author repeated the joke over dinner with some, uh, having dinner with other MAGA rappers, and everyone laughed except for Forgiato Blow. <laughs> I, apparently, he, he does say in that, like, you don't know how much they're telling the truth and how much is, like, a bit. But, like, mm. he says in that thing, in that feature, that he eats at Hooters, like, every day. <laughs> Yeah, Which reminds me of that Nick Adams guy, the former councillor from Western Sydney who went yes. and became a MAGA guy in America and is always posting about Hooters. But, like, with him, I do not believe that he eats at Hooters every day. But with this guy, I sort of maybe do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other, um, yeah. The other, just the other thing about his eating and drinking habits from that article is that it says about how he, like, is just constantly guzzling Pepsi and then the next line is he has trouble sleeping. It's like I can I've diagnosed what the issue is there. <laughs> I can see that. 
that video clip, if you have, if people haven't seen it, it's it's just worth watching to get a handle on just how bizarre this whole thing is. What's kind of interesting about it, and I was watching a there's a music critic online that mostly does hip hop, Anthony Fantano, and he was talking about this, and he pointed out that so they're they're in Target rapping along. Oh, so we're talking about the Target one now? Yeah, I thought we were we, talking about that the whole time. No, we were talking about Fockbud Light. So we need, oh, we were too. We okay. need to, in, we need to transition to the Target thing. Wow, we just call that the transition, right? Well, how about like Kid Rock not being able to hit a target? Target rap. All right, I'm just um, going to leave, I'm gonna leave this in. That's why I wasn't familiar with the Tucker Carlson thing, because I've only really watched uh, the Target one, which is that boycott Target. Yeah. And, yeah, the Anthony Fantano was pointing out that they're in Target rapping about how, how Target is targeting your kids. That's the, the mm. chorus. Yeah. They'd be targeting kids. And he points out they're not. There's no products in there that they're really showing that are targeting that are like LGBTQ. It's plus. a bottle with a rainbow on it. Yeah, so but it's like a bottle of alcohol. It's booze, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like one guy is kind of holding up some toys, but it's really not clear what the issue was no. with those toys. It's just uh, they, they look like normal toys. They must have a rainbow on them. The other is, I think, tampons or tam- some sort of Tampax product. Yeah. They mentioned then- that there's pride T-shirts in the kids section, but they don't ever actually show that. Yeah, so that's and that's the root of the whole Target issue is Target had kids' T-shirts that, that were Pride-themed and they also had adult stuff from the, in the same kind of Pride line that was targeted at targeted or, or aimed at trans people that wanted to, um, you know, dress dress differently than their gender. Yep. And the, the right kind of conflated all this is that Target is forcing kids to transition. And one of the... One of the terms that the right wing has, has latched onto is the phrase "tuck friendly." So they, they keep saying they're selling tuck friendly clothes to kids. And what that means is like you know swimwear for for people that are trans, transitioning into to being women, and they want to they want to tuck their bits up. Can I say that? I can say that, right? You can say that. And so like tuck friendly is now this catchphrase. You know oh, they're selling tuck friendly clothes. So what that phrase just doesn't exist anywhere else. But they've found this one little like thin end of the wedge that people are like, well, that's a ridiculous thing to sell to kids. They're not selling it to kids at all, but that's just become the catch cry. Catch cry. It's just it's just so bizarre to me that that's how it's come about. But the, the artist that I think did the kids' clothes has also got like some Satan stuff in a com- completely separate, like sells it on his website. It's like, you know, Satan supports trans rights and, and things like that. So the, the right wing are just frothing. But if you watch a lot of the videos about it, it's painted as they're saying Target has got like satanic tuck friendly kids thing kids wear in the in the thing it's just it's just not happening at all i there was a there's a line in the boycott target song that i sort of think sums up maybe the the difference in opinion which is that they see this trans stuff as being threatening but when i see a guy in the toy aisle at target (laughs) talking about how he's always strapped (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that seems quite fucked. And I'm not sure that there's room for much dialogue <laughs> <laughs> between our opposing points of view. It, it is quite funny, like, the the four guys in the video clip. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, you, if you saw them in, anywhere in Target, you'd be like, oh, I'm going the other way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever's happening here is not worth it. <laughs> they... Don't look like guys who have working with children checks, which no. <laughs> we can say two thirds of this podcast have. Yeah, 
I'll say, Salty, you posted a photo to me of your working with children check, and both of us have working with children cards, that, and we don't look like we should have. We don't look like we should have them. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you, if you guys popped up in the video clip, I'd be like, oh yeah, there they go. <laughs> that tracks. In the in the just back on the Budweiser one, they they sort of sum it up at the start of it of that song where they're like, you know, when you were gay in your bedroom. That was fine. When you were trans in your bedroom, that was fine. But now, when you're outside of your bedroom, we don't like it. It's basically the gist of the opening of that song after the yeah. Tucker Carlson intro. And it's like, mm. well, that's it. And I don't know how keen you were about anything happening in the bedroom, <laughs> to be honest. I, I don't <laughs> believe you. Yeah, that, that is... You're probably going to be bothered less by what's not happening in the bedroom if you've got those sorts of hang-ups, you know? Yes, yes. Wait. Yeah, actually, you that's a good. That, that's a good point. That's a good. <laughs> no, it's a good point because I don't think that these guys were like, I love these gay dudes, just having heaps of gay sex, sucking and fucking. Yes, holding hands. No. <laughs> so one of the guys in the video clip in the the target target one is he in the other one? Jimmy Levy. He's I don't think he, he's not in that beard. one. But Stony Dude Bro was in the Bud Light one. Who I think yeah. is maybe across both of them. Yeah, he's in both. Jimmy Levy was on American Idol in 2020. Right. I think he did pretty well. And then, but he was, uh, was pretty brutal. He sung a couple of songs, including his own uh, original song. Afterwards, he was placed in the same deliberation room as like 20 other people, or 10 other people, where the judges revealed that everyone was eliminated. Uh, <laughs> which is like, what's the Alan Partridge Spit where he like puts everyone in a room and then goes downstairs and rings them and says, Oh, you're all fired, <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> but I watched a little bit about of oh, this guy being interviewed by Roger Stone, the the weird Nixon guy. And it was why is singer Jimmy Levy being censored for his hit song Boycott Target? And basically, you couldn't search it on iTunes for a day, probably because all these what you know, all the right wing fuckwits really bombard these sorts of things to and just to manipulate the algorithm and then the algorithm has triggers for spam so it just stops that happening and then you can't do it anymore and they're like oh why are they censoring us and then like the next day you could you could find it again but they're like oh we're being censored roger stone said he's also been censored when he was selling roger stones which were stones with his signature on them and apparently it was being censored until the media covered it uh, and like people were laughing at him and then everyone bought it. Like all the fuckwits bought it because of the media coverage. And he's like, yeah, see, the media media shot themselves in the foot there. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I think everyone involved has shot themselves in the foot in this scenario. Buying a Roger Stones. <laughs> Roger Stone Stone. Apparently, though, Jimmy Levy said when they went to film it, they just went into Target and filmed it and no one gave a shit. <laughs> and like Roger Stone was like, whoa, yeah, that's so crazy. And it's like, what, do you think people like really care? Like what's happening in the middle of the night at a fucking giant Target? Yeah, I don't think the night field manager at Target was like looking at this and being like, this is worth getting shot over. I'll just see. <laughs> leave yeah. it be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, other than that, it was a really, oh, no, that's right. He he says he, he had some success as a, a singer, I don't know, normal singer. As I said, he was on Idol. He had a song with Rick Ross who – is a very famous rapper, but he tried to take his own life on his 21st birthday and his manager woke him up and said, hey, you've got to go to this club and perform your hit song. He's like, oh, I'm so like dazed and I can't go perform my song. 
um, but he managed to do it. And then afterwards he went into the alley and he was so like full of drugs and adrenaline that he ran and ran and ran and found a dumpster and then threw up in it. And he realized oh, all these pills came out and the booze and everything he'd put into his system came out. And he realized at that moment that it was Jesus that was getting all of that out of his system. And that's how he found God. Throwing up a whole bunch of pills in a dumpster. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Our friend Forgiato mm. is, I think, almost certainly a proud boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He, he wears, like, proud boy merch. He has, like, his own. So one of the proud boy slogans is proud of your boy. And he wears, like, proud of your blow. But he's got a bunch of songs about Enrique Terrio, the proud boy leader, who I think just went down for sedition <laughs> mm. um yeah so not great mm. but i did see him like describing the proud boys he's like oh someone you know put it to him that this is like a violent gang and i think he sort of wants to like not be associated with gangs at all because he's like oh no i just sort of see them as like a second police force <laughs> mm. <laughs> but the other thing about mr blow that i found interesting is that a bunch of his recent songs are all about miles Guau. Mm. the guy, like Steve Bannon's mate. I, I saw that one and I was like, I don't know who that is. And I looked it up and I'm like, I feel like this is a level too convoluted for, you know, you look at the people that are swarming him at, at MAGA rallies and I don't know, I don't think they have a deep understanding of, of much. No. I feel like this is too convoluted to, to really reach them. So Miles Gwau, he's he's known by heaps of different names, but he's, he's mates with Steve Bannon, he's, bankrolled a bunch of Bannon media projects, but he's all, he's like an oligarch from China, but he's a, he's in exile from China. And one of his projects is like the alternative Chinese government in exile. But he recently got arrested for like a billion dollars worth of fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was reading through the FBI press release about the arrest and the, the various things he was being accused of. And it's all about basically selling people stuff one of the things was they had like a miles per hour crypto and they sold it but it didn't actually like it didn't really exist so like crypto doesn't exist right but it didn't yeah, exist yeah. it did not exist in the same way that a bitcoin exists yeah. even it was even uh, flimsier than than crypto yeah <laughs> it's like if i said i'm selling you a bitcoin and then i just took your money <laughs> um, you said it was different but I'm not. I'm not even saying. I'm not even giving you a little piece of paper with your Bitcoin written down on it. You're not even sending me a little parcel of drugs in the mail for my Bitcoin. <laughs> All right. I am giving you a little piece of paper with your Bitcoin written down on it. But if you try and give that to anyone, they'll say that's just a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot like Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the, the issue was he was doing that, but he did that with a few things. So he was. It wasn't just crypto. I think he was maybe selling like shit shares in a company and they weren't real shares he was maybe selling bits of land or you were like buying a, a share in some land but it wasn't real land like anyway could have been the thing is yeah. there was heaps of this stuff and i was like all of this relied on him like in people believing in him i don't know where he where that came into it i don't know why people were like oh yeah this guy's crypto must be the real deal i don't quite get it I think that if you maybe have the whole Steve Bannon media empire behind you, that might help with that sort of thing. Mm. Mm. But they have multiple songs about Miles Gwau. And the thing with these songs, and this holds true for 
a number of their songs that I listen to is they get very much into the weeds of the detail of things. This is like the opposite problem that parody what's her name had. They're like really getting into the the nitty gritty of this complicated fraud arrangement in their rap song. And it's like, I don't think we need to simplify things guys. And it's, I was, I was, when I was watching these, I was, it's one of those things where the, the people that are in the Donald Trump cult have such a low bar for things that they enjoy and things that they want to support. Like, as long as it's somewhat related to their cult, then they're like, all in, we're all in. So, like, a lot of his fans, a lot of people commenting online about how awesome he is, are just absolute rednecks that say, you know, I don't like rap music, but, like, I'll listen to this and... You know, like just they just have a have a better standard for what you enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you can have good things and still be super into Donald Trump. There's like some, I bet there's some really good. The entire genre of country western outside of like a handful are probably really pro Trump. No, that's not true. Sorry to my country music fans, but a I lot of not accepted. You can, you know, I'm sure Hank Three is a, a massive MAGA guy, and his music's way better than. Or Jado Blow, and more interesting to these fucking rednecks. <sighs> anyway, time for an instant fact check. New, new little segment called Instant Fact Check. Is Hank Three a Trump guy? In I mean, the, he's a super racist. In the punk subreddit, the so searching for Hank Three Trump, the top thing is from the punk subreddit, which is what is their concern with Hank Three? He's a massive racist. He's not a punk though. Oh, he's punk adjacent. A lot of a lot of punks are into into to Hank Three. Mm. Outlaw country and punk have a huge crossover. Not sure about this quote, Hank Three. What is- I've done my time because of being around skinheads. Even though I've never officially had a shaved head, but being around them, I got classified real quick. And I like that style of music, man. If it's sharp skins, eh? You ready to take back your comment about Hank Three being a racist, Trobo? Yeah, he compared on Fox News. If it's sharp skins, you want to take back your comment before I read the rest of this quote? No. You nearly fell into my trap. If it's sharp skins, that's skinheads against racial prejudice, or racial skins, the not the good kind of skinhead, you would have to say. That's not his comment, that's mine. They have an energy in their music that is something that I feel. And, you know, am I racist? I would have to say, yes, I am. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) hey, I maintain that the punk subreddit should not be concerning themselves with matters of country and Western music, but (laughs) Hank 3, probably a Trump guy. I read a real weird... unchecked. I read a weird, a real weird thing on the punk subreddit, like, like, this week. Of someone defending oh fuck, the guy from Suicidal Tendencies who creeped onto a 16-year-old girl and, like, victim-blaming the girl in this Reddit thread. But the thread's, like, two years old and he came along, like, last month and, like, well, she shouldn't have been in that, in that place anyway. It's like, well, why, did you, why did you comment on this now? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you just added yourself as a massive creep two years after a discussion ended. So I guess the punk subreddit isn't, you know, a reliable source of good good people. But Hank 3, massive racist, MAGA people should get into him and not for Chiado Blow. The one last boycott we wanted to discuss very briefly was uh, Chick-fil-A, who also, I, I feel like maybe some of these other boycotts, which have had 
mixed success, I would say. But I feel like they, they there was a bit of blood in the water. That maybe they were a bit emboldened. Because mm. I mean, after after they took down Maybelline, they were going above everyone. <laughs> Chick Fil A is like the Christian chicken burger brand, and I think that they just employed like a diversity manager or something, and they were like, "We've got to boycott Chick Fil A." The, the restaurant that isn't open on Sundays because it's the Lord's Day. And they had like a diversity manager. They're like, before Chick-fil-A gets too woke, we need to send them a message. I haven't seen any Forgetto blow about Chick-fil-A yet, though. I think he got distracted <laughs> by Miles Guau. No, that one's dividing the the megaverse or the right wing averse because because they are so religious and so anti-woke in the past, because I think they were really predominant, really vehemently in campaigning against gay marriage. So like a lot of Fox News guys or and ladies were like, oh, no, it's actually, they're actually good. You know, don't boycott them. So I think this one's, you know, some of them still want to eat their chicken sandwiches, mm. which is also what happened when they came out against gay marriage is a lot of the gays were like, yeah, but we really like the sandwiches. These sandwiches are too good. <laughs> I've never had one. Maybe they're and like, oh, I fucking love fried chicken, so... I don't know. You guys wouldn't cancel me if I if I tried one and if I go to the US. Mate, only if you paid for it. So I'd have to steal it? Yeah, steal it. Steal it. Yeah. Someone else buys it for you. Yeah, I, I don't trust myself stealing chicken sandwich in a super right wing restaurant in America. <laughs> <laughs> also, Robbo, I feel like you know the answer to whether we would cancel you over any sort of sandwich incident is yes, we would. You've tried in the past and you've failed. The other thing is like just back on the Budweiser, when they all boycotted Budweiser, so many of them like put up, so many right wings put up posts about, you know, I'm boycotting Budweiser. I'm going to be drinking this other Budweiser brand. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to be drinking this other brand that is like also consistently queer washed their product. Yeah, yeah. The the thing with a product like Budweiser is it's owned by Anheuser Busch, which is owned by ABNBev which is responsible for, I think, a third of the entire beer industry globally. That includes, well, that excludes, you know, that they don't own the largest selling beer in the world in China. So, like, you know, take that out and they probably have half the entire beer market in the world. So, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be buying one of their product if you're switching. I also found when I searched for news about Budweiser boycotts was there was, like, another right-wing Budweiser boycott a few years ago which is they put out a Super Bowl ad, which was all about like the the founder of the company coming to America as a German immigrant mm. and like experiencing anti-German racism. And they were like, what are they saying about America? <laughs> it's like, I think they're saying we can all have a beer together. <laughs> I think that was the, the, that was the point of it. I don't know if they were trying to make any particular comment about the, the current asylum situation in the United States. I th- but they, they read you, quite a lot into that. Did you see the woke free beer that was launched on Twitter? Was that put uh, out from a Westport brewery? No, no, that beer is very woke. Cam. This one, Seth Weathers, he released a, an ad for a beer. He, as far as we know, as all the people looking into it, he never actually had anyone agree to brew the beer for him once they found out who the, what they were doing because it was called Ultra Right Beer. Uh, and on the ad, on the thing he did on Twitter, it starts off of him walking out of a public toilet <laughs> saying, like, you know, we're worried about what you're doing in here or something like that. It's like, don't don't film outside public toilets, dude. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you not how do you think that's okay? Yeah. 
Anyway. Oh, the other, I had a, just a, a little bit about Lego because they tried to boycott Lego recently. <laughs> And the thing I watched from this is one of the fucking low-rent InfoWars guys. And he said, you know, if he had Lego, if if Lego had stock, he would short it. And then he spent 30 seconds explaining what shorting stock was, reading from Investopedia. And then he says, but they're a private company, so you can't short it. But imagine if you could. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Fuck, imagine. But all, all Lego did was just release, like, I don't know, some... Lego, would, I don't even think they released it. I think it was just they had people that work at Lego make sets that were from their childhood and, you know, trans pride colours or, or gay pride colours and that was it. So it wasn't even any I, – I saw a Lego TikTok the other day where the guy was using, like, the little plastic pellets that they melt down to make the Legos and he was using mm. them in his build and he's like, is this an illegal build move? I was like, I think it should be, but he did it anyway. If they boycotted over that, I'd understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the technicalities of Lego builds. I did see Infowars had a whole big Lego campaign after the Jan 6 thing, the capital thing, yeah. and it took me ages to work out why, and it was because they raided someone's house and they took a bunch of his stuff, including... They took his Legos. <laughs> they took his Legos but because his Legos were of the Capitol Monument. So they made like a whole bunch of memes or not, you know, the, the white, whatever the building was. What was that building? The Capitol the, building. Yeah, the Capitol building. It was a bunch of memes of like, you know, oh, they're taking out Legos and the FBI. It was just dumb shit. Did they take his Legos because he'd used Lego to plot out part of the Capitol <laughs> assault? I, th- I think that was what the joke was. Like, you know, there's no well, way you'd do that. So like. I, but I would totally believe someone would do that. Well, yeah, we've kind of established through years of doing this show that a lot of these people have no understanding of anything. <laughs> so, like, they're like, "Oh, I can get a, I can get a copy of the plans by buying this Lego set. I'm going to do that." Like, that's absolutely feasible for so many of these people. Mm. Well, that's boycotts. Now, what we thought we might do is normally at this stage we would say goodbye and then we would go and record the new show and we would put it up on Patreon. So we're going to sort of rejig our Patreon a little bit, but one thing we're going to do is bring the news back. We're going to make mm. the news, make the news great again mm. <laughs> in in the main show. Mm. I see that we've concocted some segment names for perhaps yeah, sections we, of the news. Robert, I can't help but notice that the first segment is called Creepy Cam. Yeah, it's the Creepy mm. Cam segment. I had a song worked out. I, I thought should, I should have even like worked out how I could sing it. Mm. I don't think I'm confident enough. Next time we'll have a creepy cam theme song and I'll, I'll see if I can put some time outside to record it. Do you think you must have got a look at your working with children check card cam. <laughs> yeah. Is this the segment that you think has the legs for multiple that it needs 100%. to be? 100%. It's like every right. now and again. Remember, we're yeah, going to pull back on these. These aren't going to be regular, regular segments. These are going to be like, if we see something, here's the segment name. All right. And now, and this is, this is it's cam. It's the creepy Cam. The creepy Cam. He's a real flim flam. His name is Cam. It's not a segment about Cam. It's about Cam's real creepy Cams. We'll work on that song. Yep. That's the the song right there. Clip clip that. (laughs) We'll just reuse that audio. (laughs) So, yeah, this is a new segment about things that people see on their cameras. And this one, just news coming out of, I think, Canada. I'm reading this from foxnews.com. A nurse and nature lover in Canada 
reportedly captured footage of what she said appeared to be two witches holding a carcass-eating ritual with a camera she set up. Basically, they found a dead deer, this lady, and she thought, oh, if I put a camera near this dead deer, we're going to see some wildlife eating it. And then they saw two scantily clad ladies appear and start picking up bits of the deer and smelling it and, and maybe eating it, but I don't think they were eating it. There's not really too many more details of that. I think it's just pretty obvious that it's her. Yeah. I I mean, the thing is, right, with this situation, what are the chances that the one time you put a camera up pointed at a dead deer, that's the time that scantily clad witches come and feast upon it? I think the only conclusion you can draw is that this just must be happening all the time. Yeah, 100% strike rate on that one. (laughs) Uh, This lady was concerned about them messing with her horses at night. The horses always get really spooked and unnerved around that area. I thought they imagined stuff at first, so I didn't think anything of it. Maybe I believe them now. But she also says she saw a bobcat in that area, which would definitely spook a horse, I imagine. Yeah. With this story, I struggle to ascertain the motive behind this routine. As in the hoax. What what are they, yeah, but what are they trying to accomplish? Uh, Is it it just for the love of the game, which I can respect? Or are they actually, are they trying to get like a, what's that, Skinwalker Ranch? Are they trying to get a little Skinwalker Ranch going? Do you think there's going to be more to this? There's going to be a hustle going on? Yeah, well, this is my question. Is it just for the love of the prank or is there a hustle afoot? And if that, because if there is a hustle afoot, I can't quite ascertain what the hustle might be. And that's what makes mm. it such a devious hustle. So there's there's three photos in total, and, and a lot of people pointed out in the comments I was reading about this one that the third photo, there's a, a foot, like a boot, and it looks like a, a man standing behind one of the ladies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why is, why is that not mentioned? Yeah, and uh, why is he not scantily clad? Perhaps it's a yeah, but I think, I think, yeah, I think I've, and they're like, you know, that they should release photos of, of that person then walking past. But I, I think I can debunk that as if you look at the second photo with both of them in it, the second lady is wearing some sort of jeans and you can't see her, her feet, but it looks like it's probably that. It's just no. the other lady's legs. You know what, Robbo? You've bloody bellingcatted the shit out of that. Thank you're, you. You're, you're 100% right. Of the three photos um, that have been released. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find anything else really of note. A couple of people said, oh, you can see that lady's tattoo, but it's because she's got a quite a prominent tattoo on the front of her chest. You can see in the, the photo of her, the, the lady that said this has happened. I think the, what we can see is the lady's back and it's just her hair draped over her back rather than a tattoo. Yes, yeah, so. it's just a bit of hair. It's not a tattoo. Also, you can see, I can see where they're saying it is. And I guess mm. what I would say is that's her arm and not her chest. <laughs> so, mm. oh, on her back, they, on that little patch of her back, they're saying as well. Yeah. But like looking at the, looking at the photos, the hair is the same length. She looks a similar without seeing the, re- I've only seen her head, but similar body type. I think it's just her. So the real mystery is, uh, has she got a you know a second personality? What's she taking at night? To has she got a gas leak? Maybe it's a gas leak situation, or or maybe she, or maybe she's just set it up herself. Yeah, I guess the other thing is besides the love of prankery and besides establishing your own Canadian Skinwalker Ranch, this could just be some weird fetish thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Every, everyone on Fox News, check out the side of me, Norks. So, who's to, who's to say? <laughs> it was a cam. It was a creepy cam. <laughs> Good you. segment, everyone. I was about to ask you to do that. I think you were also going to give us uh, a little Infowar update. Robo, how, yeah, how goes two, the Infowar? 
two small Infowars. I'm, I'm making some time to, to revisit my old pals at Infowars. Uh, so we had squeaky Alex Jones, Owen Schroyer. He went to a James Comey book launch. James Comey was like the FBI. Was he the FBI guy? Yeah. The yeah. head of the FBI. So James, the, the head of this, the headline for this video is James Comey gets epically trolled and confronted at book signing event in Austin. Liberals and audience freak out. <laughs> and basically, there's a, a normal looking room. James Comey gets introduced. Owen Schroyer starts screaming, just like, oh, yeah, James Comey, you suck. Oh, FBI lies. Arrest Hillary. Yeah, it's like the dumbest shit. The security guard comes over and is like, can you just cut that out? And a few people in the crowd are like, yeah, what the fuck, dude? This is weird. <laughs> this is weird behavior. So he sits down and he keeps on like whispering to the camera, oh, you know, oh, he's talking about Hillary. And the first question was about, so James Comey's written a fiction book after writing two nonfiction books. So the first question was around that. I'm like, that's the perfect time to heckle going, everything you write is fiction, Comey, would be like, would make more sense than just yelling random shit. But he just whispered quietly to the camera. And then the security guard came along and was like, actually, you need to get out of here. And he just kind of leaves quietly. And then he walks out and he's says, you know, oh, this is fun. I'm here smiling. I'm having a good time. That was a little joke. And now they're censoring me. This is how jokes work. They're censoring me. <laughs> All he did was just go and make a fool of himself in public. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then when anyone in position of authority came along and said, can you not? He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, I'll go I'll leave. Oh, I'm being censored though. Oh. And Alex Jones, I posted on our Twitter, he had a moment just today, I think, where he's talking about his fondness for astronomy. He spent a good few minutes talking about how he used to put his camera up to his telescope and take photos of Saturn. And he got one of Halibop or Halebop. Mm. And he doesn't have time for it anymore. And he, and he wishes he did. And I felt, I felt a little bit sad for Alice Jones. If he yeah. didn't, if he didn't spend all that all time. <laughs> time hassling the families of dead children, he'd have more time to stare at the stars. Yeah. If he stared at the stars more, he wouldn't be hassling dead kids because he would like he'd be calmer and, and a, probably a better person. Yeah. And it felt like in that moment, there was just a little mask slipping of him pining for that time. Mm. Watch the video. I, as someone that's watched quite a lot of Alex Jones, I really like those moments because I feel like they're him realizing that this maybe isn't all that, is all an act and he's just gone too far with it and he doesn't need to anymore. <laughs> but then he just goes back to the normal dumb shit of being fucked in the head. So, yeah, yeah there you go. Final bit of news. Pete Evans has, <laughs> has a massive, massive mullet. Now, in the Daily Mail, this was reported as a rugged new look, and they they have a bunch of photos of him like around the time that he fucked his life by being manipulated by neo Nazis and become outing himself as an anti vaxxer. You know. Mm. He lost all of his endorsements and, like, retreated into Telegram. But he'd post photos around that time, and you would have to say he was pretty rugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Yeah, lots of, lots of stubble, lots of dishevelledness. Yeah, but he was pulling it off. Like, there was a little twinkle in his eye. You'd look at him and he'd be like, this is a guy who has fucked his life. But you'd have to say that there's something in them crystals. Because he's he's looking quite rugged. His yep. his current look, I would say, is not so rugged. For one thing, he has a very fluffy mullet. I think that calling it a mullet is underselling it. 
because it is a mullet, but it's got quite a bit of fluff. It has volume. It has crystal-powered volume, I would say. Yeah, he is he is 100% <laughs> using some sort of influencer charcoal fucking shampoo every day on that thing. But it's like, it, just, it looks just looks fucked. And I don't want to like harp on about looks. Like, it's not all about looks, but there's something fucked about this hair. <laughs> It's funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> look it up, everyone. If you're not already looking at, look it up, please. It's so funny. The f- the front on one is just. <laughs> I think the way they've captured him in that side on one is just classic with his fucking chin tucked in against his neck. Yeah, like, <laughs> it looks like he's saying something really fucking bogan, like "Ah, you fucked you fucking dickheads." <laughs> fucking rooster in his head back and forth. It looks like he's doing a bit. Like it looks like he's. Putting on a wig for an eighties party. That's exactly it. It does look like a joke haircut, but I think it is his real haircut. But the Daily Mail keep on calling him. They're like, "This is the rugged New York." It's like, "This isn't rugged. This is very buoyant." Do you want to hear the comments from the Daily Mail story? There's two. Yes, please. One is he is not disgraced. He's a free thinker and a free spirit, and tons of people around the globe respect him for it. Mm-hmm. Especially in hindsight, media should stop reinforcing. These lies about him. He's living his best life, by the way. So I think what has happened has done him good regardless. I love free speech above all, and I love this man for using this right, for backing up his opinion and values. In hindsight, yeah, right. what? Did, like- Did his RGB keyboard device actually work? Yeah. <laughs> I like how this person is also like, he's, he's using this mullet to exercise his free speech. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're trying to keep him down, and in hindsight, he could grow a sick mullet, and you're all wrong. And then someone else said, he's not disgraced, he has plenty of fans, and he's very knowledgeable. There you go. Well, we're going to chuck this episode up on the Patreon a couple of days early, earlier than it goes out on the main feed. So if you want to, obviously, doesn't really help for this one, but for future episodes, if you want to get your episode a little bit early. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash hypothepod. Thank you to Tammy, our cooked $33 sponsor. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, folks, that's it. If people want to find us, it's been so long (laughs) that I forgot about this bit. If people want to find us, we're on hypothepod at Twitter. Salty, where can they get you? Oh, mate. Look, I'm not doing much of anything at the moment. So just, I'll just lay low for now. Okay. You can catch me. I mean, you can catch me on Twitter at Saltmarsh if you want, but I'm not doing much. Robbo? You can get me behind the bar at Shortjaw, 10 Lindhurst Street in Westport. Yeah. Come in and buy a brew. It'll be very woke. We're very woke. No, fuck. I hear so much casual homophobia in this place. Fuck. It's not that woke? No. Oh, I try, but it's hard out there in these streets. <laughs> can I raise a glass to the king while I'm there? <laughs> yeah. Don't try and include me on that. If you're not put off by the wokeness, you might be put off by the aloofness. <laughs> so just <laughs> stick with them. It'll be fine. Cam, where do people find you? They can find me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. Somebody, I know someone out there has got a fucking blue sky invite. Hook a brother up. Yeah, hook your boys up. Can I get in on this? Hook your boys up. What's that? What is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah. That's, it's good the, Twitter. These invites are too rare for me to include you in this salty. If you don't know what it is, I'm just going to leave you with Elon. Hook your boys up, including, including salty, because I'm... And you can also find my radio show, Yenar Pesaran, on 3CR Thursdays at 4.30pm. And as long as I'm here, we're raising money this month. So if you pop over to givenow.com.au slash CR slash Yenar Pesaran, wouldn't mind some money, of which I see none, but it's good for a good cause. As someone that's given in the past, 
I just want to brag that I've given in the past. So, well, let's see if we can repeat that. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, I we'll might have one time as well. <laughs> I don't remember. I give so much. How do I keep track? Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Bye. See you. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. I said, don't worry about a thing. Except maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind altering drugs. Don't worry. Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia. I said, don't worry about a thing. I accept. You can definitely hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever. Ooh, don't worry about a thing. Except not only did Bush do 9 11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which. Let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing. Except Donald Trump is clearly a 